Talking Dogs on Thursday with Barry Drake. For all the latest Greyhound racing news, check out grisland.ie forward slash Talking Dogs. Hello and welcome along to episode 40 of Talking Dogs on Thursday with myself, Barry Drake. It's another week, another great guest, and that, of course, uh, is this week um, a very successful trainer, which is Owen McKenna. So it's hello to you, Owen, and uh, welcome to the podcast. Hello, Barry. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great to have you on the show. Um, it's a busy life, uh, this uh, training grounds. You're in uh, Shelburne Park at the moment um, as we speak. Yeah, we're trying to qualify a few pups now, so it's all, it's all go, but sure, has to be done. Exactly, and uh, I suppose we'll start off with um, congratulating you on that um, great success in Shelburne Park um, last weekend, Owen. Um, I'd say you got a great uh, thrill out of uh, Susie Sapphire winning the uh, Shelburne Puppy Oaks. Yeah, it was a great, great win, great achievement for the big because like, she's only she's turned 18 months old on the day, like, you know, she's only November age, and what she's done today, it's like, it's exceptional for her age, and um, what's already really on the pitch's carriage what she's done you know she's never been schooled much at all and so it's just uh, it's great for the bitch really it sure is and um, she improved uh, throughout the, the competition and uh, put on a, a fabulous performance in the final yeah um, like she's a great draw she's a bang railer that's what the rails the draw give her a big chance you know so um, you know, trap one, trap one in Shelburne to me is a great box anyway. And the big danger in the race, I thought, was Robert Cleason's bitch. So I thought, you know, on the draw, she might have traffic trouble. But it's the way it worked out, the way we were hoping, really. She got held up a little bit and we got away in front. And catch me if you can. When you're out there in front doing them sort of spits, you're hard to catch, you know. That's exactly it. And um, going forward, um, obviously you, you said she's a young bitch, but will we see her in the um, upcoming Irish uh, Oaks? Um, more than likely. If she doesn't come in season, she's as I say, she's 18 months of age. She hasn't had a season yet. So it's one day at a time, really. But if she doesn't come in season, we'll, we'll throw her in and her take her chance. Like she's, she's gone up to the highest grade you can go at the moment, double AO, and... Uh, let her take her chance against her you know what I mean the bitches against rather than trying to take on the big dogs and that so yes and she's owned by um, Peter Comerford they've had some good dogs too down through the years yeah Peter they're, they're used to having good dogs they want good dogs and he gave me he gave me two of them bitches actually and they were young like she, he just qualified them and he qualified her in Newbridge her and her sister and he said we might have a go at the Newbridge on race pitch day and we were getting them ready there. I said it's not much schooling or anything but took him and gave him a trial and her sister Alan Butterfly she came in season and she looks she looks very promising too. Um so we, we ran the Susie Sapphire one in in the competition in Newbridge and the first night like she came out she broke all right but down on top of her nose and she was, you know, she was tailed off. She didn't know what she was at. So we just rolled on to Shelburne then without a trial. And the next night up there, like, she made a mess of the box again. And he, he, she's only had six or seven races, but she's just come on leaps and bounds with each run. And 
she was just trying to do things at a million miles an hour starting off. She just started to calm down a bit and do things right. And, you know, she's the making makeup of a very good bitch anyway. Very good. Um, certainly exciting times ahead. And take us back to the, the very start, Owen. I know we're going back a, a couple of years now. I was doing my little homework um, earlier on or over the last day or so. And, uh, you know, uh, your late father, Jer, he was uh, quite a successful trainer, to say the least. Yeah, he knew a thing or two about it. dogs, all right. He was, he was at it a long time, like, you know, he was back in the good old days, the fella says. Um, he was a very successful trainer, you know, he, he won everything really it was to be won. And, uh, I don't know, I got the bug at an early age and uh, times uh, I, I wish I kept going to school. I, didn't, I left school at the age of 14, you know, and I could see nothing else from the Greyhounds and we were having a great run of it at the time. And, yeah. You know, ah, mere, we wouldn't change a lot now. We've, we've had a good lifestyle over it. It's, it's, it's a tough game, but... Um, it could be a lot worse, I know exactly. And talk to us about, we'll say, um, some of your uh, father's big successes. Because obviously, look, he he won everything there was to to win. But I would imagine winning those um, two English der- greyhound derbies, one at White City and the other one at Wimbledon, with two fancy greyhounds. They must have been um, really, really special nights. Yeah, like I was only I was about ten years of age when. Uh, parked on Jet One in 1981. Um, I was over with him actually, and he, himself and myself. And here, I, I got a, a month or six weeks off the end of school to go to the English Derby, and I, he didn't have to ask me a second time. So it was just the two of us went over, and he entered two dogs in the Derby that year in White City. There was a record entry, there was 230 or 40 dogs in it, and the two dogs. Actually, drew the very same heat the first night. It was an absolute monsoon the same night. The track ran at nearly a second slow, and uh, Cartoon Jake qualified just away in third place. And he went to England, and it was only after running three races, the English Derby final was his ninth race, and he raced the dog. And um, he was a very good dog, and he was probably, probably a better dog the following year, and he, he broke a toe in the semi final of the English Derby. And, the winner, and I love a winner the second year, but it wasn't to be. But there were great nights, and um, back in fights, or to Wimbledon, then with Larry Teague, no, like in 1989, and it was a great night, too. Like, like the man that was never on a holiday in his life, but that was his holiday. He lived he lived for English Derby, you know, so that was it. Yeah, and, and huge crowds back in those days. Oh, well, White City was amazing. Like, you know, I was never... Like, I was in awe the first year. I, that was the, my first year there. And just to walk into the place, like, and, you know what I mean? The grass track and the then full nearly the whole way around. It's just, you know what I mean? To take the sight of your eyes, really. And you weren't used to... weren't used to that in Ireland, but... I got the... As well as I got the book, and... You know, it was great times. Yeah, so growing up, um, you know, plenty of greyhounds and uh, that meant plenty of work to do as well, Owen? Plenty of work, even when we were going to school. Like, you still had to do a bit before school and I've been after school and built away at it again. And, um, you know, there was often, often nights now. I'd hop into the van, go to Shelburne during the week, 
and there wouldn't be much homework done or anything, you know, but it was all hands on deck, like, you know, such as, it was really a family affair, it was the boss man and his uh, two brothers, John and Gerald, like, and the couple of, uh, the couple of people around the town used from time to time help out, but... There must have been a massive, massive following as well within your kind of local area. There was, um, you know what I mean. Like he, uh, he wasn't man, he wasn't a man for the limelight, but uh, he was there. He, he, he done it all, you know. He, he great, great achievements with his dogs and great times. And like you know, he, he, he was a man that rather stand back and he wouldn't want to be taken, taken the limelight at all, but. Yeah, he was very popular, you know what I mean, in the location. Brilliant stuff all together. And tell us then, um, when you took out the, the licence yourself, um, and, and maybe tell us maybe one of one or two of the dogs that really um, got you off to a, a flying start. Uh, well, I went to England for a couple of years myself. I started training. I went over and I tell you that our game may be going a bit slack down in the, what we were, the middle 90s. And... I went to England and I tried a couple of different jobs out of the game for, but, you know, I, I, could, I couldn't, it just drew me back into it and um, I actually got working with Linda Jones, Mark Wallace's mother-in-law first for a while and we were there for a short while and uh, the boss man sent over Deerfield Sunset for the derby and he got to the final and we were sort of doing him for him and we just, we took a chance and we went out got me licensed shortly after that and we stayed there a couple of years and I got into Wimbledon like we were training there but uh, there was a lot of dogs a lot of travelling and a chance the opportunity came to come back to Ireland back down to Valley Clarehan to take run a small outfit there and you know I didn't have to be asked twice really so we, we came back and things was the right move at the time so it's worked out good you know yeah, and that famous uh, victory in twenty um, or two thousand and four with like a shot. Yeah, um, he ran a he ran a great way. Queen two dogs in the final. Gil Rapp thought she would win the project stakes. He was sort of favourite, giant favourite, and it was a great race. Like it drew drew his Maldini and drew his Marco in the final, and like uh, like a shot. He was as I would say, he only won the first round and qualifying away but a strong runner and he was never he was never over it you know he, he always throwed away and he was always there with a chance and he got up there on the right night anyway so he was a lucky dog lucky old dog you know we probably had faster dogs that didn't have the same look and but sure if it's to be it's to be famous victory that night do you still look back at it on? I do <laughs> I do it's a long ice mirror I tell you you don't appreciate these dogs when you have them because it's not easy to come about them again, you know what I mean, too easily. And it, I didn't think to take as long to win a derby again. Half from one was, did thought we'd win one last year, it wasn't to be. But no, it, it was a great night. Like, and you always look back at the big occasions and big nights and, you know, and the, the, when, you, when you win them. Exactly. There's been plenty of other big wins too along the way. Um, anything else stand out? Um, well, I wasn't there. Kitonda Harry, now, the night he broke the 28 seconds in Limerick to a special occasion because, like, in the first Greyhound in Ireland to break 28 seconds, like, you know, it's easy. Several dogs have done it since, and every, you know, but to have the first one to do it 
it, it's just special because it's, the boss man had the first dog years ago to break the 29 seconds in Shelburne and just made it more special. But when you win any big race, it's, it's great. And he was a great little dog. He, he, got, he became dog of the year that year and that. And, uh, the other dog we had, Bored of Life, was a, he was a great... He was a mighty competition dog. He sure was. Um, as I was saying to you off here when I was talking to you yesterday in my earlier days, um, going going racing at Yall, he was uh, he posted some sensational performances um, around there, and uh, you know there, I think there's only really probably been one dog went quicker. I think around the track. Yeah, he was a mighty little dog. He was handy dog, sixty nine, seventy pound weight. Um, he'd a few little niggles starting off, and he, he was nearly two years of age, I think, before he raced. And after that, he never picked up an injury as such. And he, he won that, I think, with the first run of the Dermot Coffee on race day, because it was at the time. Um, he'd done 28, I think 66 in the second round of it. He won, he won the final and beat some good dogs. And I think he went back and he won the, I think it was the Murphy Stout Stake, he won the a two-run competition. But he he done 28, 61, both nights. Like he, dog, he broke the track record, track record in Kilkenny when he won the Kilkenny Derby. He won the Kilkenny Derby actually twice. And to do 28, 49 around there in the old track, we call it. Like it mighty running night. Yeah, it sure was. And uh, we have to talk about Pistana. We're, we're fast-forwarding on now. And I know we could talk about um, so many great dogs, but this um, dog um, last year, um, it was a real love affair, really. Um, Des Grace as well. He was um, in the limelight. He was loving every second of it. Um, I think he was my first guest on the, on the podcast. But talk to us about Pistana because the, the performances that um, he, he posted um, were, you know, something... We we never really see it before, really, obviously, because he broke the track record twenty eight ninety nine. But there was other um, sensational performances as well. Yeah, um, like he he from day one, like he always looked very promising. We started him off, didn't think he was going to be a, a strong four bend runner. Uh, we started him off in Cork and there's an N two sprinting stake, and he got beat. He got beat the first night qualified. Looked the winner going into the bend in the final of it got clipped from behind and he came over with S3 he went to Clonmel a couple of weeks after and done a big run there 16-18 or 16 something like that and we went up, rolled on to Shelburne in for an A3 stake and um, won the first night 28-30 something first time round and he looked a good thing in the final drawn one he fell in his nose out of the box and that was shortly before Christmas so we we actually just threw him into the Gold Cup after Christmas then to... He was gone up to open class, so we said we'd give him experience. Let him see how he could fare with it. And he got to the final, but it was a mighty race. Like, the final was all-season campaigners from the year before. And and I think, actually, what made the dog was really the lockdown. Um, he'd enough racing done for, for his age to get a few months off a week. I know he wasn't racing, but we kept soaking away, galloping, and he did a few school and trials and school and track. And, you know, he just, I don't know, he seemed to grow up with a few months. And uh, qualified him back in Cork, and he was just so, he was so well in himself, he actually stumbled out of the box, didn't qualify back race. Went to Shelburne, won a sprint in his first race. He rolled on to Cork the week after then, with no 525 trial or anything under his belt. 
And like he's done a 317. I just looked at the race actually the other day again, 317, 1585 and 2790. Unbelievable. Uh, it was a great run, like, and we just didn't know really. We were sort of in between. We were talking about the project stakes. You were looking at the sprint in Dundalk. He had a lot of options, the dog. And I said, we had a chat with Des, and um, his other dog, Malachi, at the time was sort of a little bit injury prone. Didn't look like he was going to make the derby. And I said to Des, he said, will we give him a race in Shelburne and see if he doesn't stay, we can go to Project Stakes or go to Sprint Group, but we'll give him a race in Shelburne because I said, Des, you've always wanted a, a good dog for the derby. But the following week we went to Shelburne and he came out and he'd done 28 you know, great splits again and everything. And I said, maybe, you know, I, I rang him back and I said, maybe you think I'm mad, but we'll throw him in the Champions League and we'll see, like, does he get it or does he not? I said, I, I, said, I think the extra 25 yards to the bend will make the dog. So actually, in the heat of it, he, he missed the break and just qualified with the shortest of short heads. And he ran an unbelievable dog it had in the final, a real gutsy dog, like Liam Dowland's three dogs were all around him going into the bend. They're all 82 pound, 83 pound dogs. So you see the handy dog and he just, he drove on and they won the race for him and, you know, he just got better and better every run he ran around Shelburne. Yeah, he sure did, and that um, famous, much talked about um, track record, 28th, 99. Um, beating New and Taylor, and it was kind of a, a kind of a golden era there, there last year, wasn't it? On with the likes of Pastana and New and Taylor, they were probably the most two most popular greyhounds in in recent times. Would you agree with that? They were, they were like you know what I mean, like <laughs> like our dog, obviously. You know what I mean? You were sort of the limelight was on him because he'd done the record. He beat New and Taylor, but like New and Taylor had nothing to prove. He'd won the project stakes. He was sort of unbeaten going into the derby. He probably was short a, week, a run maybe going into the derby. He got beat the first night. Our lad beat him in the record the second night. Then, like, you know what I mean? The rest is history. He just went on and improved the way in the derby. Um, you know, unfortunately, the final will never know what would have been. But, you know, there were two great greyhounds. And people say, oh, the track was flying, the track was this, it was that. You don't break track record in the slow track anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. You know what I mean? It's, it was a, you know, it was a, it was a great feeling in '91. I know it was during the second round of the Derby, and you'd, you'd prefer, you'd rather take the the crown at the end of this competition if you could. But um, unfortunately, what happened in the finish up? But he was a great greyhound, and hopefully, he'll have a, a bright future ahead in Stoke anyway. Yeah, I'd say he's very popular one. Seems to be a good report. He's flying, like, from all the counts of the boys. A good few bitches made. And we had, we had a lovely litter there of Meg's Angel, our own bitch there. They're 10 weeks old. She's 11 pups. And they're great-looking pups all together. And he's getting, he's getting big litters, strong litters. And, you know, hopefully if he can pass on a bit of his speed, we do. Yeah, it sure would. And uh, just before we finish up, um, Owen, obviously, look, it's um, a seven-day-a-week um, job, 365 days a year. It's obviously something you still love doing. And, you know, just the, the greyhound animal itself, um, you're obviously, you, you obviously love greyhounds. And uh, just tell us maybe a bit more about your day-to-day operation, and I'm sure you've great help as well at home. Yeah, 
cut down. We keep around 20, just roughly 20 dogs, you could say. Most of them being trained, a few young ones starting off. Um, basically, the, the boss at home, the wife, Sean, like, and myself, and the girls will be there at the at the weekend when I was school, you know. And like you're on, he's in college, so he's not around much. And we get plenty of help for a gallop, and, you know, so, he, so we try to keep it small and try and do it right the best we can. Um, as you said, it is seven days a week, and it's hard to get time to do anything else so it's, but it's it's something if if you're in it you're in it and it's, you have to you have to really love it and appreciate the game to do it like you know or, but you want you're not in it for the money anyway you know what i mean so it's it's, it's long days hard work you know so it's, it's it's rewarding when you get you get a good result like you know and the fella says the highs wouldn't be so high if the lows weren't so low so yeah, that's that's very well said. And, and looking ahead, um, coming into the the summer season, now a lot of uh, big competitions um, upcoming. Is is there any certain greyhound you're you're looking forward to, um, Owen? Um, I think Zafiro is one to he he picked up a bit of a niggle there in Limerick in the Caribbean. He probably wasn't maybe hundred percent going there from Tralee. I think Tralee took a bit out of him, like the conditions were down there some nights and. I think he's either proper Shelburne dog, 550. He, he wouldn't be the same type of dog as Sustana. Wouldn't much early, but he's a strong runner. Uh, a few nice young dogs now, actually. Another nice dog, young dog there for Peter Comerford. He's only just qualified him. He's only an October dog. But he looks like a, a real good Shelburne Park dog. It's one he bred himself as well, but few young dogs there hopefully you know what I mean we wouldn't have a, a big derby team or anything at the moment but sure it's early enough and you never know when something might pop up yeah it sure is and um, look it was uh, great to speak to you um, Owen you've enjoyed um, a fabulous career to date um, in the world of greyhound racing and uh, I'm pretty sure more big wins will follow Follow, and um, we appreciate you taking time out uh, to join us on the, on the podcast um, today and we're wishing you continued success uh, going forward thanks very much Barry thanks for that now Talking Dogs on Thursday with Barry Drake. For all the latest Greyhound racing news, check out grisland.ie forward slash Talking Dogs.